The Anytime Podcast is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, Magic Spoon, Simply Safe, FanDuel, and the letter B. And none of that's true. It does make me wonder, though, how much uh, money Sesame Street was paid by the alphabet over the years. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, real quick, I uh, just want to let everyone know this episode is an NBA preview. It's like 99% basketball. We do talk a little bit about eating paint, but uh, yeah, mostly hoops. Um, we did record this uh, maybe close to a week, hmm, four or five days before it's released, so we missed some stuff. We did catch the Suns 36ers game, but not the Suns Lakers game, which was a very different vibe. So some of our opinions may seem odd to you because we are giving you them from the past. Uh, this was before the Draymond Green incident, so we don't go over that. Um, there's a little bit of uh, my guest, Mike Panza's dog, MJ, barking uh it's only a couple times and it ends pretty quickly, so it won't annoy. Uh, won't annoy you to the point of driving you insane, but it does happen. Uh, so if you're a basketball fan, we cover a lot. Cover the summer, the drama, the Suns, predictions for uh, the season, the playoffs. So uh, yeah, if you're a basketball fan, you're gonna. Enjoy it. If you're not, you're gonna hate it. Uh, but yeah, enjoy my conversation and uh, speculation with my good buddy, Mike Panza. It's the Welcome back to the Anytime Podcast. Finally, today we're talking about the NBA season coming up. Brought in my buddy Mike Panza here to help me out. We're going to discuss uh, how the summer went, how the season's going to go, and make some predictions. Uh, so Panza, welcome to the show. How you doing, buddy? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, you know, when it's basketball, you just want someone that says... Uh, obsessed with it as much of a sicko as yourself yeah <laughs> sicko for sure um i thought we'd start out with like the summer uh how things went around the league then we'll dive into the uh sun summer and their future and then our uh, predictions so as far as the summer goes there were uh, a few interesting trades um a lot that involved the Jazz, but before we get to those, uh, I want to look at that trade uh, with the Hawks and the Spurs, which really was a bunch of picks for DeJounte Murray when you break it down because yeah. Jock Landale ended up on the Suns and Gallinari ended up uh, in Boston, I believe. Yeah. So uh, how do you see this effect in the Hawks? Are they going to – you think it's going to make much of a change? You, I, I think it'll get them back into the playoff picture like they were two years ago. Um, it, he's an upgrade over, you know, Kevin, what's his last name, Huerta? Herder? The, 
herder. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the ginger guy, the ginger kid running around. Uh, so Murray will be definitely be an upgrade. And I think they will be a top, like, I think they will be a top six team in the East. I think they'll probably be in the five to six range, to be honest. All right. I'm going to fire right back and disagree with you. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's fine. I, I was looking at the East and I, I think there's going to be some really good teams that are surprised they're in the play in. And I th- yeah. think the Hawks are probably going to be one of them. Uh, part of that has to do with Cleveland um, and yeah. their trade uh, getting Donovan Mitchell for player and player and player and pick, pick, pick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sexton, Markinen, three first rounders, two pick swaps. Um, it's stacked. It. I mean, you got your usual suspects, Philly, Boston, who, you know, they have their issues. We'll get to that. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, Milwaukee. I mean, the, you have the, yeah, the Bucks. I was going to say, they're always going to be there. Cleveland's going to be there. The Heat. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. So, and yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, I think it's a great addition for Atlanta. And it might just keep them where they are instead of raising them up. That's kind of how I look at it. But uh, you never know. Maybe the chemistry will be awesome. I, I believe the chemistry between the two guards will be great. I don't think they're done making deals, though. I feel well, like I there's another yeah, deal for them. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Collins gets moved. Um, yeah. Where to? I'm not so, sure. but Maybe Phoenix. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's entirely yeah. possible. <laughs> But um, I don't think the Hawks are 100% done with that trade. I think it's a good building block for them. And that backcourt's going to be fun in the future. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're not going to be number one contenders after that trade. Oh, by no means. Yeah. Um, a team that might actually be done with all their trading for this season, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves picked up Rudy Gobert from the Jazz uh, for a lot of players and a lot of picks <laughs> like we've never seen before. Um, so it's going to be weird seeing towns playing the four, but that does drastically yeah. improve their defense. It does improve their defense. It doesn't move the needle on offense for them at all. Um, like Gobert, he's just going to get the, the rebounds, you know, and putbacks. He's not going to add anything to their offensive game. I disagree. Uh, and I, that's, that's <laughs> fine. I also know you can't play Rudy Gobert in a lot of playoff series. He gets played off the court. So That's is this true. a move for them to get in the top top four? That's what they're, they're looking for. You know, regular season champs, that's fine. But in the playoffs, if your best player at center can't even stay on the court, and then your best player overall plays no defense also in towns, I don't, I don't see how far they're going to go with that duo. Well, I, I think I could see Anthony Edwards having a big year. Um, yeah. And then the pick and roll lob threat, uh, the D'Lo, uh, Gobert lob threat, uh, is something the Timberwolves haven't had since, what, Kevin Garnett? <laughs> and Marbury. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> oh, they so, had Rubio and people. Uh, <laughs> I know Kevin, Kevin Love, Love wasn't jumping. He was not jumping up for those. Yeah, uh, you know, Kevin Love jumping <laughs> through the roof. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, a few other small trades. Uh, you got Bogey going to uh, the Pistons 
for Kelly Olynyk, who I forgot was in the league. <laughs> He's been and, stashed on a couple of teams' benches over the last few years. Yeah, and I mean, all the other trades were little. There was like an eight-player trade the other day that Marquise Chris was in, and I immediately lost interest <laughs> in yeah. anything about That's... it. I just remember seeing someone reply to Woj on that, just saying, why? Like, why would these teams do this? It's You're trading trash for trash. Yeah, it's like if you and your neighbor were pulling out your garbage can in the morning and you're like, want to switch? Yeah. <laughs> um, other than the trades, big free agent signing was uh, Jalen Brunson, obviously, with the Knicks. And I say big uh, loosely. Yeah. Four year, 104 million. I don't know, man. It doesn't matter. It doesn't move the needle for the Knicks. Like, it'll be a little bit better. But again, in the East, they're not going to make any noise of that squad. No. I mean, I like RJ Barrett, but he's not enough to him and Brunson to pull that team up. Julius Randle is, I don't know what happened to that guy. (laughs) Yeah. He got his contract and then apparently wasn't good enough. So crazy. Well, that was uh, the big stories of the summer around the league other than, uh, well. Well, we didn't discuss Donovan Mitchell too much, but I think he puts the Cavs in that top four spot. Um, They got a great, a great uh, starting lineup. They got some uh, decent bench players. Um. They have yeah, Rubio they, coming back. When they when Rubio was in the lineup, they were killing it. And then he went down with injury, and they kind of derailed at the end of the season. But him coming back, I think he's going to have a bench role, and that would be perfect for yeah. their, their second unit. Yeah, I think things are looking up for the Cleveland Cavaliers, which uh, after LeBron left, seemed like dark days for them. Right. Um, the last thing to touch on for the summer, obviously, Ime Udoka. Uh, the Boston Celtics coach uh, had a work wife, apparently. Uh, and well, it sounds like. Oh, was it was it multiple? I heard there was multiple scenarios. He was. I, I, it's not one hundred percent confirmed. It's a, allegedly. So <laughs> allegedly, uh, yeah, and it, you know, apparently, what I've heard, I listen to you know every NBA podcast I can get my hands on. Uh, I have that luxury at work, and <laughs> it sounds like uh, he was a huge, uh, a Creep. huge presence. Well, no, well, sure, <laughs> but a huge presence, uh, a big leader, as even as far as coaches go, and had a strong relationship with Tatum, and how the assistant coach is going to fill those shoes is uh concerning for a team that was just in the finals yeah they they're gonna have to rely on tatum a lot and brown to kind of uh be that voice with udoka out yeah i agree and uh i just don't see him going back to the finals at least not this year um if they you know who knows what's gonna happen i imagine udoka is not coming back ever uh i don't either <laughs> I don't see it happening. You can't. Yeah. I I could see a lot of uh, coaches wanting to take that job. So we'll see where it goes. Um, But that's enough about these other teams. We're going to talk about the sun summer (laughs) a little bit. Uh, And I am going to gloss over this topic as quickly as possible. (laughs) 
Robert Sarver. Uh, oh, also, thank God heavens. Also a disgusting human being who very soon will no longer be involved with this franchise. And the day we heard that this was going to, like, this is the way things were going, it felt like a championship win in Phoenix. Yeah. There are videos of people popping champagne at the arena. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I wasn't working, I would have been down there with that one guy also getting mad drunk on, on some bubbles. Uh, yeah, yeah, Twitter no. was exploding. It was great. Dude, that guy's been holding Suns fans hostage since 2004. So it was like the death of a dictator, and everyone Seriously. was in the streets just just celebrating. It was – I'll never forget that day. <laughs> It's like right up there with my wedding day. Uh, wasn't that September 21st? Like that song? It was, yes. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> anyway, uh, looks like Cyber found a, uh, a buyer. Uh, I don't remember the name of them. They were a uh, financial advisement group. Oh, no, they're just going to be helping with the sale. They're going to like oh, facilitate... Yeah, finding buyers uh, to buy the the team. Oh, even better! It could actually be interesting instead of financial advisors buying the group. Correct. Yeah. I, so I, mis- they'll, they'll... I misunderstood yeah, that article. I guess <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, they're gonna just help broker the deal. Well, it can't come soon enough, uh, and hopefully, we get someone that's uh, ready to invest and uh, make this a championship town. For for yeah. once <laughs> some, yeah someone with some deep pockets uh like you know the warriors owner who doesn't care about paying the luxury tax would be yeah. kind of nice that's kind of what i'm looking for yeah um, i prefer it was a uh, a guy like that that's not jeff bezos um <laughs> yeah i agree uh going from one terrible person to another terrible person doesn't sound yeah, appealing but one one looks willing to spend on the team though i mean it sucks saying <laughs> that but like every billionaire out there is gonna be a terrible person like i don't know any billionaire that's really really that great of a person right now yeah it kind of changes people doesn't it unless they're yeah, already like, a terrible person <laughs> right <laughs> um so yeah that's enough on sarver he's gonna be gone great news suns fans have celebrated we'll continue celebrating uh real quick other uh odd topic i want to glaze over is the kevin durant circus that happened this summer oh jeez. uh that that took years off my life i feel like you know the silver lining i got out of it though is that one of the best players in the league wanted to be in phoenix and with yeah. new ownership i feel like we might see uh a lot more of that in the future which is yeah uh, something to be hopeful about um, it helps having Devin Booker here too, and every NBA player wants to play with him. Yeah, even though every fan base thinks he's overrated. <laughs> yes, <laughs> can't wrap my head around it, but uh, oh, they're just mad. Haters, man. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, we'll we'll get to Brooklyn, but I don't. Yeah, I don't that know saga. If, I don't know if that's over or not, but. Uh, no, I'm not I don't hope. think it's over either. I'm not going to sit no, here and yeah. hope about it, but we'll I'm see I'm not going to refresh Twitter every two seconds like I was during the summer, oh. waiting for the Kevin Durant news to drop. But uh, 
it was an illness I, on son's twitter <laughs> yes it was yes everyone went mentally ill for four months it felt like uh but yeah i know seeing how the nets like open up the season will kind of be a a guide on if the Suns maybe have a shot at the trade deadline. Like if Jay Crowder doesn't get moved before the deadline and Aiton's available to be traded around, I think it's January, but we can see some action where Aiton, Crowder, and a couple other pieces go to, to Brooklyn for Kevin Durant if, you know, things aren't working out for both both teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, now the other uh, elephant in the room, you just mentioned Jay Crowder. He wants out. Uh <laughs> I assume it's because Cam Johnson took his starting role. Uh, he's not aging gracefully. Uh, but that said, there's probably 20 other teams in the league that wouldn't mind having Jay Crowder on their roster. Do you see the Suns moving them before, you know, the that first deadline? What is that, December? I, I think that's probably the earliest they trade them uh, because that's when free agents can start being moved. Um I, I don't think there's a deal out there at the beginning of the season. I really don't like all the r- rumors I've seen on, on the internet have been just garbage for Jake Crowder. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, I understand he's getting older, but yeah, I mean, Cam Johnson's still taking his starting spot. He's in a contract year. He wants to get another big payday like PJ, PJ Tucker just got in Philly. So he wants to start show he can still play. So I understand why he wants to move on. Um, the other teams that are interested in him are contenders but getting a return from those contenders is probably not likely. So it'll be yeah. very interesting to see what team he goes to and what kind of deal we can put in place. Cause we're gonna have to add someone else besides Crowder to get any, anyone decent return. I mean, just after watching that first preseason game, our bench does not look great. So we need something to help beef yeah. up that bench. Uh, we'll dive into that <laughs> too. <laughs> um, Let's let's talk one good thing from this summer. Uh, Devin Booker on the cover of Two K. Uh, yeah. That might be one of the best uh, sports video game covers I think I've ever seen. Uh, it just spoke to Arizona. Had that desert vibe, our classic sunsets, mm-hmm. um, and the uh, current uh, face of Arizona sports right now. As far yeah. as I'm concerned. Nah. Um, no, nah, it was great to see a Suns player actually make it onto a video game cover. It's been so long. I think Nash was a cover artist for a, a game. I forget which one. Um, but I think he might have been our last one. Yeah, probably. I mean, who else so, Who else would it have been? Dragon, or Goran Dragic? Not Dragon Bender. <laughs> <laughs> right. Did or Team Warwick, you cover? know? <laughs> yeah, got my Josh yeah. Childress cover edition. <laughs> Yeah, so it was good Good to see Book get that and, you know, raise the status of the Phoenix Suns after, you know, some terrible years. Now they're, you know, getting some national recognition. So that's only good for the team. Absolutely. Uh, other uh, new things happening. Uh, got some jersey change up. The Valley jersey is no more, which uh, I really like that jersey. But it looks like the Statement Edition jersey has a whisper of that. Uh little bit of that pixelated uh sunset coloring throughout the lettering uh then also the city edition hasn't been released yet the turquoise jerseys not sure how i feel yeah. about those uh for those not of you excited for those those of you who haven't seen them it's a turquoise jersey with 
the it's just like the sun's logo in the middle of it right yeah and it's basically the orange jersey from last year just turquoise except the the number on the jersey is like a fade from red to white to blue and it yeah. doesn't look right to me but uh it, it does nobody, not look like the sons should be wearing them <laughs> nobody bats a thousand it looks uh, like a jersey you found at walmart that is not an officially licensed uh jersey but the uh the good news on our jerseys for this season we have the uh classic sunburst jerseys the purple ones uh fans might remember from the barkley uh kj marley days making a comeback uh not unlike the one panza's wearing right now but uh, purple instead of his black um I ordered one already. I got my Booker jersey coming. Should be here in the next day or two. Uh, pretty stoked on it. Um, yeah. You ordered one, right? I pre-ordered. Yeah, I pre-ordered the Chris Paul one because the Booker ones were out of pre-orders. Well, yeah. Luckily, so was Mikael Bridges, too. They had my dainty size in stock. So, uh, <laughs> it Extra turns out, medium. It turns out a lot of uh, sports fans aren't tiny little men like me. <laughs> uh yeah, so new unis heading into the season. A lot to be excited about. Uh, preseason uh, so far has not given us a ton to be excited about. We played the Adelaide, uh, I almost said 76ers, the Adelaide 36ers, <laughs> Australian team. Um, we lost in horrible fashion. They were chucking threes. It seemed like they couldn't miss. The silver lining to me was DeAndre Ayton looked like Shaq out there. Uh, if he plays like that all season, I don't know if we'd end up trading him. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, him and Bridges actually both looked really good. Uh, Chris Paul was Chris Paul and Booker were definitely deferring the whole time. Um, you could see that they just want to get the ball in Bridges, Johnson, and Ayton's hands and see what they could do with it in yeah, creating their own him, shots. Getting them some reps for sure. Uh, the bench yeah, so. looked like absolute dog shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have no scoring off the bench whatsoever. And like they're putting campaign as the primary scorer. And I don't know how well that's going to work out for us considering like Shamit can't hit a shot to save his life apparently. Yeah. And uh, we have no one else that can score. Like they're getting the ball into, into Jacques in the post and he was just missing easy bunnies and yeah, and there was a series of plays where they missed, like, they, they took a three and missed and got the rebound, like, four times in a row and just kept missing and missing, and I was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Yes, <laughs> and, but that's, that's, the, that's what's going to happen with Cam Johnson. He was our primary scorer off the bench. He's in the starting lineup now. You got to go and get that other scorer, and that's the problem with the Suns offseason. They didn't do anything because they're waiting on Kevin Durant. And so all these, yeah. all these guys you could have gotten to come off the bench to be that microwave scorer, just were taken up. So you now you're looking. Look, you don't think Dwayne Washington's going to be dropping twenty five off the bench? <laughs> I don't think he moves the needle. Uh, if, he, <laughs> if he does drop twenty five off the bench, it's because we're getting blown out or we're blowing a team out, and he's playing a lot of minutes in the fourth quarter. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, well, looking around at the lineup here, uh, Chris Paul. He's aging. So my concern there, 
I think he's going to be able to distribute the ball till he's like 75 years old. I'm not worried about that part of his game. Uh, What I'm worried about is his midi. Um, Is he getting the lift? Is he going to be able to shoot over seven footers like he used to? Is he going to hit it like he used to? Is he going to have the same uh, energy? How many minutes can he play? How many games a year can he play? It's all adding up and uh, he's, you know, he's an old man. He's our age. Yeah. I was going (laughs) to say he's like seven, he's like seven days older than me. And everyone's talking about how he's this old man. It's like a <laughs> crazy to see him even on the basketball court. And I'm like, ah, thanks. Yeah. And I'm older than both of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's uh, kind of hurting my feelings. <laughs> but yeah, I know it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how he ages this year. Like once he turned 37 in the Maverick series, it felt like a switch, you know, like a switch just went off and he just became terrible. <laughs> the yeah, rest was, of that Maverick series. That was hard to watch so Um, yeah i i think the plan this year is to get the ball out of his hands more so you're going to see a lot more point book um around with chris paul and you're going to have mccall and cam bringing the ball up as well is what they're planning on so they're going to try to reserve as much chris paul as they can i think until the postseason and then just let him go ham and see what happens yeah so looking at book uh obviously had a great year last year First team All NBA, fourth in MVP voting. Uh, do you see him ascending more, or is this his peak? I don't. I don't know if this is his peak yet. Because how old is he? Twenty five. Twenty five players on average and hit their peak at twenty seven to twenty eight. Yeah, so I think he's still got another level he can go. He can if they unleash point book he could have some hardened type games if he wanted. I feel like he could get to that, that level, maybe not as, I mean, not as good as Harden, but during well, his not peak, as good as, but, as prime Harden. Yes. <laughs> yeah. As, as prime Harden, because prime Harden was insane. Um, but book could definitely get to that level. He could play very similar to how Harden was at his, at his prime. I think he's got the skill set and he's more efficient as well. And a better defender. Yeah. If you ask better me. defender. His only problem is he, he has a hard time getting in line and Harden was got the line, you know, shooting 16 free throws a game. So, well, yeah. And Harden, what, what was that average Harden had? Was it like 35 points or something like that? It was something like that. He was averaging almost 30 and 10 a night. Yeah. It's stupid. And I, I don't see book being able to do that and not get into the line like Harden did, but yeah, there's another level there, I think. And if that happens this year, maybe that makes up for any aging Chris Paul does. I don't know. We'll see. That's. I think that's what their hope is. Um. Now DeAndre Ayton, uh, mm. I mentioned how that preseason game was. He looked unreal, like just doing whatever he wanted. Uh, everyone was concerned, and some other fan bases are still concerned. Uh about Monty and Aiden having some kind of beef after that game, which they may have, and uh, saying they didn't talk, what does that mean? Did they not talk since the buzzer sounded? Did they not talk since that night? They might have had their farewell talk and enjoy your summer, you know? Um, Either way, Aiden played like a monster the other night, and I'm interested to see how he does against the Lakers tonight. 
Yeah, same. Um, I I was reading something and a book said that like he barely talked to Monty over the summer also. Yeah. And Monty <laughs> said he gave the guys kind of, you know, some some space after that loss and I don't blame him. Um, so I, I don't I don't read too much into that one. And Aiden was off, you know, working out, trying to sign a new contract with a new team, doing free agency, all that stuff. So I'm not surprised him and Monty didn't really talk. Um, yeah. I'd be more surprised if they don't talk during the season. But yeah, no, uh, during the preseason game, he looked pretty great. Uh, he looked like how I thought he would play against the Mavericks. And that didn't happen. Exactly. So I wonder, like, I mean, the, the talent level at center for the 36ers wasn't elite. And it wasn't elite, you know, the Mavericks don't really have a, a guy who can guard Aiden. So I'd like to see Aiden do this, you know, against some NBA talent first before I make any judgments on how he's going to do. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see what he does against Lakers tonight yeah, for sure um then uh let's touch on a few other guys on the team bridges uh you know he he was a defensive player of the year candidate um looking at this starting lineup though i would not be surprised if he's kind of the odd man out on the offensive end i could see cam stealing a lot of his touches uh not to say that's a bad thing he's a defensive specialist if that's his job out there then great if everyone else is you know hitting buckets uh yeah i i think they're gonna stagger the minutes for the starters a lot considering what the bench is so i think mikhail will get his opportunities maybe with a second unit um but yeah we we want him for his elite wing defense that's that's the main reason we have him uh the offense is just you know extra at this point so yeah and you know if this is the core going forward, minus Chris Paul, obviously, because he's a dinosaur, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then maybe that's okay. Uh, it. I was kind of hoping to see a little more development from him on the offensive end, but if Cam Johnson's coming in and dropping, you know, 15 to 20 points a game, then maybe it's nothing to worry about. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with... If they're going to... Re- like let Paul take a step back, then Bridges is going to have to step up and take those points. That's sure. how it's going to have to be like him. And, well, him and Johnson, of course, but well, even Aiden, I, uh, is yeah. looking for touches. Uh, that's part of the frustration he was having last year. So that he says, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he says that he says he can't pass the ball to himself, but you know, when you're being guarded by a six, six, seven center and you're, what is he? Seven, one, seven foot. With a seven-five wingspan, yeah, just throw the ball up in the air, and you should be able to catch it over the guy. I, yeah. I don't know how hard that is, but well, yeah. one thing missing from that preseason game was uh, Dario Saric, uh, which I mean, the catchphrase is Dario unlocks campaign. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you think him coming back is going to help out that bench unit much? I really hope so. Um, you know, two years ago in that finals run, he was great off the bench. He was the perfect backup, you know, four or five that we needed. I think if we had him for the rest of the finals, that outcome might have been a little different. It would have gone to seven, I think. And then that's a toss up on who wins that. Um, but his injury was pretty bad, you know, he tore up yeah. his knee and he went to Euro basketball and didn't really uh, show much improvement. No, so like, <laughs> I know it was his first like game action in, in a year, 
but I was hoping for a little bit more on the offensive side from him in those games. Um, and then seeing him come back to the States and not play in the first preseason game was a little jarring. I also think it might've been Monty, you know, holding him out for a little bit and then seeing what else he has in like Jock and, uh, you know, the other young bigs that they have. Yeah. Well, Jock wasn't really uh, moving me, but uh, you no. know, it's one game. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, the... I think for a backup center, you can't expect too much. And I don't sure. think he's going to be the first one off the bench either. I think uh, Biz Busy's going to get off the bench first. That's um, that's the way I'd go with it if I was uh, Monty. But uh, man, yeah, I hope Charge can come back and uh, make a difference. Uh, the other bench guy uh, I wanted to talk about a little bit was uh, Ish Wainwright. Now. Uh, what was the deal this summer? He was on like a two-way, and then when they realized KD yeah. wasn't happening, they signed him. No, I mean he was on a two-way contract, and then he was invited to the summer the summer team. Uh, so oh, he was that's basically was. A free. Yeah, so he was a free agent after his two-way contract, and then the Suns invited him to their summer roster, and he looked pretty great with the summer squad. Uh, the squad was just you know a bunch of random people from overseas because we don't draft anymore um <laughs> so th that team was interesting to watch but he he basically played a role in the summer league that he would be doing on the suns you know doing a small ball five or you know three three four position and uh he was you know sitting sitting up in the corner launching threes he was hitting them actually which was good to see so i think they'll give him a little bit more of a role during the season and uh see if he can you know keep up with the production at that point yeah, man, the way that bench unit is, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities. And uh, based on last year, he's the kind of guy that seizes those moments. So I, I think it's going to be a big year for him. Uh, I'm kind of excited excited for him in that regard. Because yeah. going from a two-way contract to being a solid rotation guy, is that's big. So uh, I, I think we'll need him for his defense, too, just because of how massive he is. He is like a... He's like, I don't know. He's built like a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, but sculpted out of marble. And <laughs> like, it's wild. Uh, but That's actually his nickname, have... the marble refrigerator. <laughs> it's catchy. Right? It's going to really catch on there. Uh, <laughs> but without Crowder, who was our kind of like our enforcer and, you know, big bodied four starting, who's going to guard those? those guys at the four, you know, like who's going to guard LeBron. It's you think Cam Johnson's going to guard LeBron. I don't, he's just going to run right through him. So like you need ish to step up and be that guy who can, you know, take some, take some hits in the paint from some of these yeah. guys like Giannis and LeBron. So I'm hoping that he can step up and do that. That's kind of what I'm excited to see out of him. Uh, well, that's about all I had on the, uh, son's roster. Is there anyone else we skipped that, is worth touching on in your regard. <laughs> uh, not, not really. Like I said, I'm not impressed with the bench right now. I know it's only been one preseason game, but like, I that's one of the teams you should just demolish. There's no way that start that bench players on an NBA team should lose to the seventh seeded NBL team from Australia. I, you know, I couldn't agree more. That said, uh, 
I think the national, uh, sorry, international talent is rising. Uh, it a, always has been. An Australian team, an Australian professional team is a lot better than it was 15, 20 years ago. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's only going to continue, especially with so many uh, international players in the league. So we'll see. But you would hope you'd have <laughs> the best players in the world in the NBA, right? Sure, but there's how many <laughs> how many players are in the NBA? What, 300-something? Four or four fifty, four hundred something, know. yeah. Uh, so, uh, but if that's the case, our whole bench should be shipped to Australia, and we should take the whole thirty six or scar- starters and put them on our team. Like, hey, it's something to think about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, let's kind of look around the league a little bit here. I uh, wanted to dive into teams kind of on the rise, teams falling. I had some in mind. See what you think about it. Um, So teams on the rise, we obviously talked about the Timberwolves uh, adding Gobert. We'll see how much impact that makes. Um, Staying in the West, though, the Suns had to play the Pelicans first round, and it wasn't a cakewalk. No, it was tough. They have some solid pieces. Brandon Ingram is one of the more underrated guys in the league, if you ask me. Uh, They had some guys step up, like Alvarado, um, like Herb Jones. Mm -hmm. Uh, So adding Zion to all of that, I think Mm -hmm. the Pelicans could be a uh, really solid team, if not a playoff team. Oh, I think easily if Zion comes back and he, he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. So that's always the thing with him is he's always hurt. Um, if he comes back 100%, that team's going to be really tough in the West, and they're going to surprise a lot of teams. Uh, I could see them easily being top six. Absolutely. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, Zion's a wild card, and if I mean, if you look at the minutes he played, when he's played, he's – terrifying and (laughs) adding that to a team that we struggled with in the first round it's uh yeah it's very possible they're a top six team um i think easily top six yeah i'm not sure what else to say about it (laughs) yeah (laughs) so let's move on to a uh, another team that i can't really wrap my head around the portland trailblazers so dame's (laughs) supposed to be coming back Yes. Uh, there's no CJ McCollum anymore. He went to nope. the aforementioned Pelicans. Uh, but they did add Jeremy Grant. Anthony Simons seems to be, uh, you know, raising his stock. Yeah. You got Nurkic there still. They've added players like Hart. Um, I just don't know, man. I don't know if Dame can uh. do all this on his own. I don't think he can. Um, I, I think their peak is probably playing tournament. I I think I agree. I don't know if they'd be a seven seed, but <laughs> they're going to no. be in the play-in tournament, I think. I'm, I'm thinking like ninth, tenth. And yeah. Dame has said he wants to be a blazer for life. Uh, I'm not we'll sure. See after, I, we'll see yeah. after this season. I think we'll have a have big a... point guard opening in Phoenix that he might want to fill, so. Oh man, wouldn't that be something? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, 
looking at the East, uh, I had two teams in mind as far as on the rise. Uh, the Hawks we talked about, I think they're on a ri- on the rise from where they were. The problem yeah. is I think all the other teams or a lot of the other teams in the East are on the rise even more than they are, mm-hmm. uh, which might, you know, keep them dead in the water. And the other team uh, involved in those trade discussions we were having was the Cavs, who I think kind of leapfrogged a bunch of people. And I don't know, man. I keep hearing people say, man, the West is stacked. And then I hear people go, man, the East is stacked. It's just, there's so much talent in the league. Yeah, there's so much talent. They need to expand to get two more teams in Vegas and Seattle already. Uh, but yeah, the East is going to be, it's going to be a bloodbath, I think. Like, I, the Cavs are going to be better. The Phillies are going to be great. The Bucks are going to be great. The Nets are going to be better. I feel like the Nets are not going to be the eighth seed. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way unless unless they implode again, yeah. which is possible, 100% or if you know possible. they trade KD to the Suns. Um, <laughs> I, if, if if everything goes right in Brooklyn, which it hasn't since they all got there, they're going to be a dangerous team. But you know everything has to go right for them because it's a circus over there. Um, but another team in the East that's going to probably be a fun team that's going to shock a lot of people is probably going to be Toronto. Oh, a hundred percent. I think Scotty, Scotty Barnes is getting better. Yes. Yeah. Scotty Barnes. I think he's got an amazing future in the NBA. Um, and then everyone around him, Pascal Siakam, Van Vliet, uh, they added Otto Porter. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I think well, they, they have a, they have a possibility to run a full six, nine lineup of all guys, six, nine or above. And Scotty yeah. Barnes would be the point guard. That's just insane. Yeah, they're uh, they're kind of flying under the radar, and I think that might change uh, very early in the season. Yeah, for sure. Um, were there any other teams uh, you see kind of rising up? No one. Um, not really. I mean. A lot of it's just me, you know, Cavs and Toronto are the two main teams I see rising up. And the Pelicans, those are the, the three that are going to be shocking a lot of people. Actually, even the Clippers. The Clippers, you know, were a play-in team last year, hovering around the 7-8 spot, and they're getting Kawhi back fully healthy. They're going to have Paul George again, yeah. and then their whole team is so deep. I could see them winning the West. Yeah, I could also see them having, uh, you know, an empty bench because all their players are injured and, <laughs> that too. <Being> the plan. <laughs> so I, I think they're one of those teams that has like a really big gap between their floor and their ceiling. And it's hard to peg where they're going to end up. Uh, like, I mean, obviously if you got healthy Kawhi, healthy Paul George and that deep bench, they're going to make a deep playoff run, but yeah. it's all the, all health. We'll see what happens. Yep. <laughs> um, teams falling. There's really only one, that stood out to me. I mean, there's the obvious ones that traded all their players away, like Utah, uh, teams with no one on their roster, like San Antonio. (laughs) Um, but I was looking at Dallas. Now they lost Brunson, who was a very large part of their playoff run, uh, getting to the Western conference finals. They added Christian Wood, 
But Christian Wood is coming off the bench, I'm understanding. Yeah, he's going to be their sixth man. So who do they have starting at center? JaVale McGee? JaVale McGee is their starting center. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm confused by what Dallas did because if you have Luca, <laughs> you have Luca, and he's not even in his prime, and you need to pair him up with someone. Like, they can't get anyone to go to that team. No free agents want to go there. I, I don't know if a lot of players like playing with Luca and having him dominate the ball on offense. Yeah. Um, so you have to have a lot of just complimentary players that know they're complimentary role players. And I, I think Dallas is going to have this problem for a while until they switch around Luca's kind of mentality on how to play basketball. Yeah, I always thought like uh, what what Luca really needs is like uh, run around screen, catch and shoot from the outside, uh, so he can run these you know run these isos or pick and rolls with someone like JaVale McGee or Christian Wood. But uh, to have someone out on the perimeter that he can just chuck it to and shoot it, like a J.J. Redick type or a Clay Thompson type. Yeah. But who's available for him for them to, you know, just weren't a lot of options. Their whole team needs to be, they basically need to play five out and have everyone at the three-point line. Yeah. If you're playing with Luka, like just get out of Luka's way and they double team him, you chuck it out to the three-point shooter. And they're not constructed that way at all if they're starting JaVale McGee. So <laughs> yeah. I, they, they like you think of their model as the one to copy would be Houston with Paul and Harden. We have an elite point guard who can distribute and take some of that pressure off of Luca from doing it all night. Uh, but someone who's also going to be able to hit shots. So sure. that's kind of the model they should be looking at. I mean, that model almost beat the Warriors until they missed 27 threes in a row. So uh, <laughs> that still baffles me. It's one of the most unbelievable NBA stories. Just 27. You and I could chuck 27 threes up and hit ah, at least know, one, at least <laughs> one of them. At least. Yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. So some of those were wide open threes too. Like I remember Trevor Ariza missing a wide open three during that run. And you're like, bro, come on. <laughs> Well, so what does this mean for Dallas? I mean, looking at uh, looking at the West. I see them as a play-in team. I know. I don't think they it's, drop below 10. It's but. weird, but, like, you know, the Nuggets are going to be better. The Clippers are probably going to be better. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Suns and Warriors are going to stay near the top of the pack. You got the Timberwolves on the rise. You got the Pelicans on the rise. There's just... It's like the East. There's too many good teams, and I don't like Luca's incredible, but I don't see him pulling a team into the top six. No, I don't either. I mean, he had a great series against the Suns, but he's not going to do that all season or all playoffs. So, yeah, um, it's, it's yeah. I, I I think they'll drop. Uh, you'll have Utah drop, so you'll have you know. That's where New Orleans will take Utah spot, basically, is what I'm thinking. Well, there's a lot to uh, to unfold in the future, uh, but there's predictions to be made. Were you able to get around to that? Uh, I did not do the um, 
all NBA. Okay. That's Sorry, fine. I didn't have time for that. That's <laughs> fine. It's a lot. Uh, yeah. Did you uh, look at uh, award predictions? Yeah, I, I've been thinking about those here. Okay, well, I'll throw you mine. Sure. One, but like we'll go through each individually. But I'll yeah. throw you mine. Uh, we'll see if yours is the same or something different. We'll chat about it. Sure. Um, all right. So NBA predictions uh, for awards. Uh, most improved player. Uh, guy we mentioned earlier. Uh, he's already on an upward trajectory. I could see him making an all-star team this year. Uh, Anthony Edwards was my vote. Um, I think with the addition of Gobert, he'll have someone behind him, you know, on the defensive side. I think he's going to get a lot of touches. I think uh, he could end up being the face of that franchise. Uh, Everything's lined up for him to get a most improved award. Uh, Usually players, you know, jumping from that really good – player to an all-star player they often win that award uh where's your head at usually um (laughs) i have a couple couple like one from the east and one from the west i think uh scotty barnes could be listed under there i think he's gonna take a big step this year um and then the west i was thinking even cam johnson going from you know bench to starting and if he can come out firing and he averages like you know 15 to 20 a game i think he could run away with that award too yeah and being one of the top three-point men in the league uh helps out a lot um yeah some people were talking about Cade cunningham uh which i think detroit has an interesting team um i don't think they have a great team but i could see him they're gonna some attention they're gonna try to they're gonna try for the play in i think this year i think that's their goal so that's a bunch of young guys that are ready to or want to win at least so we'll see well, we're touching on that. Did you watch any of the uh, Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson? Uh, no, battle? I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it, but I was watching highlights on Twitter as they were coming through. And that guy's an alien. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name. Yeah, Wembanyama. Yeah, he was made on a planet that only has like seven four guys with Kevin Durant's skill set. Alien to me, like. Think of like Manu Bull was three inches taller than this kid. And he could not move like that whatsoever. Like it, these guys, like, you know, they've called him unicorns on the past, but no, this kid's an alien. Yeah. If you had a herd of, if you had a herd of unicorns, he would stand out among them. That's how insane yeah. this person is. And teams are going to tank like possibly we've never seen, which is why Detroit with Cade just kills me it's like man if you guys had one more year right one more terrible year just follow the oklahoma city thunder method just pretend they have an injury and they're out for the year yeah so now looking at uh sixth man of the year uh we touched on him for a minute there i wasn't going to vote for him because i thought he was in the starting lineup but christian (laughs) wood coming off the bench seems like a no-brainer to me you know, I think he's one of those guys where it's like he's a fringe. Should he be a starter? Should he be on the bench for, you know, a good team? And mm-hmm. the way Dallas is looking, I think it's entirely possible he starts out on the bench and ends up in the starting lineup, uh, yeah. which, you know, 
I don't know how that affects uh, JaVale McGee's opinion of things going on. <laughs> he might pull a Jay Crowder. But, uh, yeah. he, got, he just got paid a little bit more than he should have, so I think he'll be okay. Yeah, probably. Um, other guys to look at, Jordan Poole, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, maybe a Tyler Harrow repeat. Um, those are really the four that I thought of. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Tyler Hero, I think, is going to be the front runner again, him and Poole. Just Jordan Poole gets a lot of uh, attention playing on the Warriors. And, you know, if he's lighting it up still this season off the bench, I think he has a great shot at, at winning it this year. Sure. And in my head, he's the kind of guy that often would be in the starting lineup on a lot of teams. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you have Stephen Clay, yeah. You have, have Stephen <laughs> Clay. <laughs> two of the best shooters of all time on the same team. Yeah, you're going to yeah. have a little backseat on that to them. For sure. Uh, rookie of the year. We're going to zoom through this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like it's Paulo Bencaro, and I don't think there's much of an argument otherwise. I think Keegan Murray on Sacramento is going to get a great shot at you rookie of the so? year. Maybe. Yeah. He he could have been a top five pick, like maybe top top three. I think at one the, point. I think he's really good. The race either way is less interesting with Chet being out for the year. Uh Chet Holmgren. Yeah. I, I I don't know if he was been that great on the Thunder, like his rookie year. He needs to bulk up a little bit, bro. He is too small to be in the NBA. He makes me look thick, so uh Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Let's uh talk defensive player of the year. And I feel like I'm a homer for a team that's not mine, but uh, <laughs> Minnesota, I could see the narrative for Rudy Gobert is just yeah. real easy for the NBA to push. And I mean, you got your usual suspects, Adebayo, Giannis, smaller guys like Bridges and Marcus Smart. Um, I just feel like Gobert is going to snag one again this year. I wish he didn't, but yeah, you're I probably know. right. The, I know. the media loves their narratives and he he improves Minnesota's defense they'll give it to him but the best defender in, in the league really is Giannis like 100% I don't know if there's any better talented defensive player in the league except for him and it's a shame that he doesn't get it like every year because he deserves it um I think it's going to be him and Gobert fighting for it again as it has been for the last few years all right well uh coach of the year I went with an oddball on this one. Um, I don't know. It just felt right to me. I went with Willie Green in New Orleans. That's a good good prediction. Um, I like People are expecting them to be good. I think they're going to be better than good. People talk about Taylor Jenkins in Memphis, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure the sustainability of how good Memphis was is there with all these West teams jumping back in. Um, obviously there's some dark horse candidates. If Brooklyn somehow gets their shit together, could see Nash being a candidate. If the Lakers somehow get their shit together, they'll, they'll give Jarvin Ham credit for it. They'll give him a parade. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so, you know, those seem like long shots. Uh, Willie yeah. seemed logical to me. Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, they usually go with a coach that takes a team, you know, that's a middling team or a lower on the lower end of, you know, being good. And, you know, that season they, you know, 
overcome expectations and they win, you know, 50 games somehow. And you're like, oh, that's crazy. Uh, so Willie Green could definitely be a candidate for that. I think uh, J.B. Bickerstaff in Cleveland as well could be a candidate for it. Sure. Uh, I think it's – I think those two would probably be front runners because just the way the voting has gone in the past. Like Tom Thibodeau got it in New York over Monty Williams a couple of years ago, and it's just because the Knicks went from, you know, shitty to, oh, we made the playoffs for the first time in forever. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's still weird that that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's have a little fun here. Uh, MVP. I'm going to let you take the lead here. What do you think? Any, uh, even if it's not a decision, like you're, do you have like a few? You're just like, I, I hate this award because like, there are so many talented players that, that deserve it. Um, and it, the old saying, it goes, you know, to the best player on the best team is not a thing anymore because they didn't give it to book. You know what I mean? Like, so they can't use that narrative anymore. Um, I think it should be honest. I think he's going to have a, another incredible season, but I think voters are getting tired of voting for him. And it's the whole Mike, Michael Jordan effect that he had in the 90s. This is where my head was at, and uh, I thought, okay, Giannis won it twice. They're not going to want to give him a third, at least not yet. They're not giving Jokic a three-peat. I don't he'd have to average like 40, 15, and 15 for them to give him a third oh, MVP. The Nuggets way. will be better. The Nuggets will be better this year, so that, that narrative will be out there. Oh, man, I, I mean, he's a statistical anomaly. But, uh, yes. I, I just don't see it happening. I think they're going to want to pass the torch to some extent. Uh, so there are four guys I was looking at. Um, I'll give you the three I didn't pick first. Uh, first is Booker. If he ascends like he did last year, he should at least be in the conversation, uh, especially if the Suns are staying at the top of the league like they were. Do I expect them yeah. to? Mm, maybe, maybe not. Uh, Jason Tatum was up there, but, you know, we'll see how the Celtics do this year. They, For all I know, they could, you know, they could be first or second seed or they could be yeah. fifth or sixth seed. I don't know. We'll uh, see what their coach can do for him, you know. The third pick was Luca. Uh, he seems like an obvious choice. I hate to put him in there, but, you know, he's incredible. But the guy I went with, um, do you know who I'm going to say? Is it Embiid? It's Joel Embiid. He's going to be hungry after the snub. I think you're going to see some early season narratives uh, with him and Luca. And I, I think he's kind of set up for it. He's They've added some pieces in Philly. He's going to be playing hard all season, regular season games. He's going to look great. He's going to be putting up numbers. And he's going to be a new face that hasn't won it. Um, and I think Philly is going to have a much better record than Dallas. And that's why I picked him over Luka. Yeah, that makes complete sense to me. I I would not be surprised if he won it. I wouldn't be surprised if Luca won it also because the writers just love Luca. They sure do. And <laughs> like they were trying to give him to him last year. And what were they a five seed? Yeah. Or four seed? Yeah. And um, I mean, it's how valuable they are, right? But because, you know, but you if think... your team can, I, I don't know, like if Luca and the Mavericks are an eight seed, 
are you really going to give him the MVP? Like, didn't they do that with Jokic? Like, it it seems so ridiculous. It like, sure yeah, is. you're great. You're fantastic, but you didn't lead your team anywhere. Sure. Like, they need, to, they need to add, like, offensive player of the year and just give it give it to Luca. Have fun with that one. <laughs> you know, that's a slippery slope because I'm already looking at this, like, Western Conference and Eastern Conference MVP or whatever they call those awards that they've mm-hmm. added. And then they start oh, for adding... the, uh, for that tournament that they're doing. No, no, for the play. Oh no, the conference ones. Yeah. The conference. Um, ones. Yeah. And then, you know, you had an offensive player of the year and then you just start splitting stuff up to the point that it's like participation trophies. Because yeah. Everyone gets an award. <laughs> I get it. But like MVP, like it, it's never going to the most talented person. You know well, what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, Bill Simmons always uh, does that. There should be a uh, best player in the league and a most valuable player. Yeah. Because so, it's oftentimes not the same person. <laughs> yeah. So I don't like know. Like when Nash won his, when Nash won his MVPs, he was the most valuable player to the Suns. But like Kobe without Nash, was the they best. Should, but Kobe was the best player or yeah. Shaq was the best player at the league. And I mean, the narrative changes almost every season, it feels like, or every couple seasons of what the MVP should be. It's just, Absolutely. it's always it's always a fight between the best offensive player and the most actual valuable player, I feel. So separate it out, don't have this debate, stupid, and uh, <laughs> move along with our lives. <laughs> well, so for all NBA, I'm not sure how I should do this. Do you want me to do third to first or first to third? I'm not sure how it's easy. Uh, I'd say first to third. Okay. So I obviously put my MVP center on there, Embiid. Sure. Um, I could see if, even if he doesn't win MVP and Jokic doesn't win MVP, I could see them putting him first if they have a similar season where they're like, oh, they're both pretty good. Well, let's give it to Embiid since Jokic got it. Um forwards i got Giannis, obviously and uh so yeah i had uh lebron also first team all nba i think uh you know it's season 20 he wants to prove that after this long he can still uh be an impactful player and i think he will be uh very impactful and I think the Lakers yeah. will need him to be very impactful. The Lakers definitely will. Their uh, team beyond him and AD is garbage. <laughs> uh, Russell Westbrook included. Throw him in the garbage pile. Uh, yeah. I, and then, then they got R- Russell Westbrook's best friend and Patrick Beverly to join the team too. So yeah, that's going to be a great locker that? room. Also, uh, I mentioned on Twitter yesterday, Patrick Beverly's getting a podcast. I don't I think I'd rather hammer nails into my ears and listen to him. Yeah, I'd rather like <laughs> eat lead paint and just sit in a tub not full of water by myself. <laughs> just picturing you in an empty tub eating paint. Yeah, um, lead paint. That's why I go crazier. There you go. Yeah. Uh, guard spots, I had Luca and I had Booker. And that's me being an optimistic homer. Um, but you know, he was first team all NBA last year. I could see him rising again. Um, any thoughts on those picks so far? Um, I think the LeBron one, it's 
very likely he's either one or two, like team one or two. You think so? Um, he's yeah, he's going for that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scoring record. So I could still see him trying to average at least twenty to twenty-five points a game. And with that sure. roster, he's going to easily be able to do that. Um, so I could definitely see him being um, on the first team. Luca, of course, is going to make it because the Riders want him there. And then Booker, that's going to be the only one where it, he might fall the second team this season. Um, right. Only because it, it, I think it depends on the Suns' record and sure. what his usage looks like. Um, if the Suns are worse, I don't think they award him with the first team submission. Well, they would probably put Jaw there or something. Let's look at my second team. Uh, yeah. Uh, at center, I obviously have Jokic as my, uh, yeah. my runner-up to Embiid. Uh, now, presuming everyone's healthy, uh, in the forward spots, I got Durant and Kawhi. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the guards, I got Steph Curry and Dame. Uh, you know, yeah. regardless of whether Portland's a first seed or 10th seed, Dame's going to be the guy they're leaning on. He's going to be putting up numbers as long as he's healthy. Um, and I could see him squeezing out a second team all NBA. It's possible. Um, I think Steph could also be that first team easily, um, too. Uh, but I think, yeah, Dame could be there, but it could be Ja as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just depends on if Jaw like takes that next next step or not. I think. Well, let's look down at third team. Uh, center, I went with Bam. Um, I think you know, it's just consistent down in Miami. Everyone doubts them, and then they outperform. Uh, they have a tough team. Uh, I think there's just a limited amount of centers that are going to be considered for all NBA. And among them, I, I see Bam being the guy that grabs that third spot. Uh, if Aiden like plays. Gobert? Yeah. Like if you have Gobert winning a defensive player of the year, you don't think he's going to be in the all NBA team. Maybe not. I mean, <sighs> I don't know, man. I, I, if you're going to have Gobert be one of the best defensive players in the league, there's no way he's not a all NBA player. So I think he would take that spot over Bam. Oh, maybe I did throw this together in about, you know, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I'm just analyzing on the spot. So I apologize. No, no you're fine. Uh, <laughs> that said in my forward spots, I did have Carl Anthony towns <laughs> and Jason Tatum. Uh, yeah. And then for my guards, I had John Morant and call me crazy, James Harden. Um, oh, yeah. Dark horse. I think he, you know, he looks like he's at least trying to get in shape. Um, I just have this huge optimism with Philadelphia this year. Uh, I think if Harden can just except his role i mean he's not a backup he has a big role i think it's a different role than he used to have he's not going to be doing you know step back threes he's probably not driving to the paint as much i think he'll still have a step back threes in his drives but he gets to share the ball with the bead now so that'll take pressure off him and he can you know be a little bit more explosive yeah and i think also having you know a stable ground 
it, as compared to uh, Brooklyn, uh, will help a lot. He wanted out. He got out. He's where he wants to be, at least for the foreseeable future. Who knows? <laughs> maybe now. he'll be on two other teams this year. But <laughs> I, I think he'll, he'll he'll make his way to Miami before his career is done. I think. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, that rounded out my All NBA list. Uh, I had some honorable mentions. Uh, six guys uh, in the guard spots. I had, or is it backcourt, frontcourt? I'm not sure how they do all NBA. I think it, yeah, I think it's backcourt, frontcourt now. So I had uh, Trey Young. Um, I think you know he's just so wildly dependable on the offensive end, and his numbers mm-hmm. speak for themselves. Uh, Paul George, you know, I think it's funny as a Suns fan saying this, but I think Paul George gets uh, overlooked quite a bit. I think he's a great he player. Does. He's a great player. Um, do I think he's better than Booker? No, I don't. But he's pretty close. And uh, you got Jimmy Butler and CP3 were my other uh, backcourt guys. That's Front, fair. <clears throat> court, Zion Williamson. He might even steal one of these spots if he comes in and just Easily could be all number three, yeah. Yeah, maybe even higher. I don't know what to expect from a healthy Zion. Um, And then my really wild card is Anthony Davis. Yeah, if he stays healthy, that's always the thing with him. If he stays healthy, he's great. He's phenomenal. He's an MVP type player, but he can't stay healthy. Like, did you see the video of him playing 2K as himself and getting injured in the first <laughs> yes. quarter? Like, that it was, was perfect. So awesome! <laughs> it was so serendipitous. Like, <laughs> even he was laughing. He's like, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, if you play a classic game with Derrick Rose and he just exploded into a million pieces. Right, <laughs> his leg just falls off. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's really all I had for all NBA. Did you notice me leaving anybody out that uh, should be in there? Uh, or? I mean, honorable mention, maybe Clay, you know, coming oh, first full I season after know, the injury. Man. We'll see, man. Last year he was a little off, I don't um, know. but now he's got a full off season of, you know, full contact and can practice like he normally was. And that, that shooting stroke is not going to change. So. I think that the problem for Clay is that, uh, the young talent in Golden State is unexpectedly, not unexpectedly, but they're, they just keep bringing in talent. Yeah. And Finding talent. It's crazy because they don't have good draft picks usually. I know. And yeah. how's that going to affect his, uh, you know, how he's looked at? Well, I don't know. Dray- Draymond's not scoring on that team. Uh, Wiseman is going to be a little bit better. Obviously, he'll he'll get a lot of the scoring load up front, but Clay is going to be open. Like, who are you leaving open if you have Pool, Curry, and Clay? Yeah. They're probably going to leave Clay open. Probably. So, I think he's going to get a lot of looks. Well, be interesting to see uh, how wrong I am about my list. <laughs> that brings us to the finals. Did you have an NBA Finals prediction? Yeah, I think it's going to be Philly 
against either Golden State or the Clippers. Like I'm, I think they're a toss up right now between those two teams. Uh, but I think Golden State has the edge still. So I would say Golden State Philly as my finals. So I'm half relieved here <laughs> because I did pick Philly as my East team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I mentioned this all before. I think Embiid's out for blood this year. Yeah. I think Harden's going to have a different uh, mindset. Not different, but tweaked mindset. They added uh, PJ Tucker. I think that's going to help. Um, Tyrese Maxey's on the rise. Really like his game. Mm-hmm. Matisse Thibel kind of fell off a little bit. I don't know if that was a fluke or not. He can't shoot worth a lick, so no. he's going to be defense only. Sure, and you need that in the playoffs, but absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's just a matter of Doc Rivers figuring out those roles. If he doesn't, and this goes downhill early, uh, they might not be long for Doc Rivers. But uh, yeah, you know they yeah, got can... a lot of guys that can step up, like uh, Dan Tony. I feel like even if Doc Rivers is gone, this team could do a lot of damage in the playoffs, and that's kind of why they're my pick for the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Western Conference. You pick I, Minnesota again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Building I think, up. I think Minnesota, when, <laughs> when the earth is no more, will realize that Minnesota was the most winning NBA team of all time. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, they won a bunch of championships when they were called the Lakers. Oh, yeah, and the, the yeah. Uh, LA Lakers take credit for all of those, even though they don't want to. They sure do. Yeah, they yeah. sure do. Uh, anyway, take that, John Guerrero. <laughs> Love you, John. Uh, Love you. So you said Golden State and the Clippers as your West uh, prospects. Here's my problem. Uh, Golden State's aging. I don't think Steph's aging. I think Steph's going to be good for another three or four years. Uh, 10 years. Steph can play for 10 more years just shooting that ball. Doesn't matter. Like, that shot's not going to go away. (laughs) I don't see Draymond having a continuous uh, game at his level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why they have Wiseman stepping up this year. Sure, yeah. Clay, yeah. I'm not sold on completely. Um, and then, like I said, with the Clippers, we have no idea what we're getting here. Um, I'm going full Homer, and You're I'm going Suns. I'm going Suns, and let me make the case. Is it because we trade for Kevin Durant in the in the middle of the season? Well, not necessarily. <laughs> okay. So, I said Phoenix Suns over 76ers in seven games. Mm-hmm. We won 64 games last year. Yep. Um, whether or not we over... Uh, what What's the word I'm looking for? Whether overachieved. Or not overachieved was uh, what happened. I'm not sure. But let's say we take... Five wins off for overachieving. That's 59 wins. Then we take uh, five more off for 
Chris Paul decline and Monty pulling back the stars minutes a little bit so they don't burn out like uh, that Dallas series. Or don't get COVID from Luca. Or don't get COVID, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever actually happened there. Um, that still puts you at 54 wins. That's still a great spot. Well, you also have Crowder leaving now and our bench not as good. Okay. So I think you got to take a few more wins away from that that total too. Okay. Well, this offense I think is going to find their rhythm <clears throat> as far as the starters go. Yeah. They might be a juggernaut offensively with that starting line. Yes. Um, which makes me wonder how many games are we going to play where we're up by 15 at the end of the first quarter and the bench comes in with no pressure. And that's a good place to be. It is, but I saw the Suns lose a lot of leads last season too. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they did win 64 you know, games, but they did have a tendency for letting teams come back pretty early when they jumped to a big lead. You're not wrong. Yeah. That said, there's trades to be made. I'm not saying we're getting Kevin Durant. I'm not going to sit here and like hang my hat on the Suns winning a championship because we get Kevin Durant. But sure. there's pieces to move, including Jay Crowder. I could see Shamit being a deal. I could see Charge being in a deal. I could see campaign. campaign, picks. All the things we were going to trade for Kevin Durant could be traded for something else. I don't necessarily yeah. want to trade Aiden after what I saw. I don't know if that's going to continue. <laughs> um, he looked amazing. There's talks about Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And after yeah. that, watching Wembenyama play, I don't see why the Thunder wouldn't trade Shea Gilders Alexander to try to be Correct. a mix for that. He's insane. Yes, um, alien. So, you know, say you make a trade that involves campaign, other players, picks. For Shea, you have Shea coming off the bench, running that second unit. That's huge. Well, Second unit would be gone because they'd be going in that trade. Well, so we'd be relying on Jock and, you know, Ish, and then whatever veterans are cut after the trade deadline. Well, how much does, how much does uh, OKC want as far as players? Because they, they probably want many... expiring contracts and picks just be, just to make the contracts work. Yeah, but they don't want to win too many games either. Correct. You don't want to send them Jay throw... Crowder. They're probably not going to want Jay Crowder because he's going to be... Uh... Oh, they'll cut him immediately. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But uh, the last point I was going to make is ownership. Um, yeah. So as of right now, as far as I understand, the remaining owners are in control currently as far, yes. as, de- the, as, Sarver, far as decisions well, right Sarver appointed one of the other owners to like be the stand-in okay. like, during his suspension so i think he still has like word on everything that goes but they're going to be replaced soon so I, I don't know i don't even know if they can make a trade with this ownership stuff in limbo it seems like know. there's no way to halt that. Like a GM should be able to make moves. You wouldn't want to. A GM should be able to, but 
you don't want them you also don't want a gm making trades that could affect the price value of the franchise sure i don't know it's i can see sarver being very petty about not changing anything just to get a couple more million in the uh, deal no i i understand that um but that said say we do sell mid-season new owners come in are they going to want to make a statement like we're here to help this team win? And I think yeah. that's entirely possible. I'm optimistic. I think Booker's going to be better. I think Chris Paul could take a step back and I think it'll be made up for by the play of the other three starters, Bridges, Cam and Aiton. Uh, it's just a matter of filling out that bench. Is that going to be yeah. Shea or is it going to be, uh, there's talk of Jordan Clarkson. There's, a few other players, like you mentioned, John Collins earlier. I just don't see the Suns going through the season without doing something about the bench. Um, yeah, I think they'll address it. I think they want to address it with a Crowder trade. Um, I, just, I just don't know what we could actually get at this point with Crowder. Sure. But, you know, those are my finals picks. I am 90% sure I'll be ending the playoffs with my foot in my mouth. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I went with. Um, if I had a gun to my head, who's going to win the finals, I'd probably uh, just get shot. I don't know. There's too many good teams. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I still think the Warriors still have the leverage over everyone. Like if you want to be, be the champ, you got to beat the champ until, Someone beats them off that mountaintop. They're still the number one contender to me. I, I did want to ask you about this. So I've really dove into uh, Sun's Twitter in the past week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of re like, you know, Twitter was kind of like a, I'll jump all around all different topics, see what I'm interested in. And I really just kind of shifted my focus to Sun's basketball and the NBA. Yeah. And uh, so I'm seeing a lot more, stuff from different fan bases and what is going on with warriors fans they just won a championship and they're it's like they're insecure i'm like you just won i think it's because no one they're not as beloved as they used to be like when they won their first title everyone was rooting for them um you know everyone was excited to see the warriors had done anything in like 30 years yeah go and win a championship with a home you know home drafted team like all those guys they developed in-house and it was great to see great story then kevin durant comes to town everyone's like no fuck this fuck these guys like this is not fair no one likes this you guys are just paying for championships now and i think that left a lot sour taste in a lot of you know other fan bases so everyone just attacks Warriors fans for this. So they have to feel like defensive about their team now. Well, yeah. So I kind of, I sympathize with Warriors fans on this point. I see so many things where like, uh, you know how they will uh, do graphics where they show where a player stands in like the pantheon of great players. And you'll see Kevin Durant and it'll say two championships and someone will say, well, those two didn't count. Yeah. Because he was with the Warriors who just won 73 games. But then I'll see the same thing with Steph where he's like, oh, where it's like, oh, he only has two because two of those are with Kevin Durant. 
I'm like, well, somebody won these championships. <laughs> I don't think Clay and Draymond went out and won a championship. No, we saw we saw Draymond by himself with that team, and he couldn't do anything. So no. definitely and Draymond would not win it. Yeah, I just think it's ridiculous. I think every championship's a championship. Injuries are part it of the is. game. Uh, they are. It It's one of those things, man, where, like, you have the best free agent ever at the market in years, and he goes to the team that just lost in the finals and had 73 wins. Yeah, and like, but yeah, good for them. They managed their cap perfectly. They, they, they planned for this kind of scenario. And they looked like a it team just, that someone would want to play for. That's part of the game. That No, it absolutely is. Um, just the competitive spirit you'd hope these guys would have, though. Like, sure. you wouldn't want to hop onto the team that doesn't need you, basically. Like, the well, Warriors didn't need Durant. It's like the Lakers with the whole AD was injured. Like, yeah, it's your fault you signed a guy that's injury prone. Just like with LeBron, you, you sign an older guy. Like, that's part of the game. I would love for the Suns to rampage through four healthy teams in the playoffs and win a championship, but the odds of that happening are very slim. Most teams go through someone who had an injury. Yeah. No, I'd be insufferable if the Suns did that. Like, I would talk so much shit. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't but shut up for, like, how it works. Yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> well, a few other things to touch on uh, before we end this uh, podcast that I could do for the rest of the night. Um, you mentioned expansion teams earlier. Uh, it seems pretty obvious that the NBA wants to add two teams and it seems like it's going to be Vegas and Seattle. Uh, I just want to say if this is all happening, if this is all true, congratulations to the city of Seattle. You yeah, deserve a team. Deserve it. Um, Vegas makes sense. I mean, with the success of uh, Vegas teams in the NFL and NHL, uh, I think that's a lot of money for the NBA. And uh, I think overall, this is a good thing. There's so much talent in the league. It's a good time to uh, spread it out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, If they didn't do Vegas, I I think Seattle is going to be a lock regardless. I think everyone wants the Sonics back. So I think they'll be the very first expansion team. Vegas, I think, is the the second option for them, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went to somewhere like Louisville or uh, yeah. like somewhere with a very like passionate college fan base, and even Kansas uh-huh. possibly, possibly like Kansas City. Well, I heard rumors of uh, St. Louis, um, yeah. San Diego, or uh, Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh doesn't <laughs> seem like a strong basketball town to me, but the other two seem no. like decent options. I don't- yeah, it'd be nice for San Diego to have a team drive from Phoenix to go see the Suns in San Diego would be nice. Yeah. So I wouldn't be opposed to that. Uh, I just don't know if the fan base is there. Like, yeah, I don't know. Chargers left, Clippers left. I, I don't know. Yeah, people just want to hang they out got the on Padres. the Padres. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all, so. Yeah, I mean, the Padres are great, great enough anyway. That... Uh... That ballpark's really nice. We enjoyed your uh, bachelor party there. That was a beautiful ballpark, yes. Um, One last thing to touch on is uh, the upcoming uh, broadcasting deal the NBA has coming. Yeah. Uh, In 2025, it looks like it's going to be upwards of $75 billion plus 
several billion a year after that from ESPN and Turner Sports. Um, well, that's if someone doesn't over overbid for it. Sure. You don't think Jeff Bezos would not throw that money for all NBA games on Amazon? Like, I think you yeah, do that in like, a heartbeat. Just like, thurs- just like Thursday Night Football. Exactly. Um, and what people are not aware of which you can already see it with some of the player contracts going on right now is how Mm -hmm. insane player deals are going to get uh not even when this happens but before it happens yeah you're going to start see seeing some players get like 75 plus million yeah that's why i wasn't bulking yeah i wasn't bulking a booker getting that massive extension like no bring it like not gonna matter it's gonna be nothing it's gonna be like be an underpay Yes. And a a lot of people aren't really thinking that way when they look at team building. And this is how the Warriors got Durant. They noticed that was coming. They planned for that, that season to be free, you know, be a free agent destination. And they knew Durant was going to be out of Oklahoma city after that. Yeah. After his contract. So makes me feel really optimistic about where Phoenix is at right now. Cause just got Booker on a deal. Got, Aiton locked up if don't know if we keep him um bridges and we'll see if that cam johnson extension happens but uh i don't know i think it's uh it bodes very well for phoenix suns fans yeah they're they're in a position for the future to be uh in a good spot like with that new deal having all of our draft picks and um the future is bright with the new owner too that's willing to spend so yeah hopefully we'll be the next like Warriors juggernaut with homegrown talent. The sun never sets in Phoenix. (laughs) All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on the pod. And uh, I'm sure we'll uh, dive on here when the suns are inevitably in the playoffs, uh, looking to win that chip against the 76ers. But uh, (laughs) or your your Timberwolves, we'll see. Uh, Yeah, it's my sons or my Timberwolves. We'll we'll see what happens. (laughs) But yeah, thanks for coming on, and uh, thanks to everyone who listened. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. All right, go sons. The Anytime Podcast with Brad White, produced by Brad White, recorded at Dudley Studios in Glendale, Arizona. 